0: you love your work do you think it's possible well you're about to find out it's time for 48 days to the work you love with dan miller on the 48 days online radio show whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul this is the program for you now here's your host dan miller
1: well let's take care of some business hey this is a spot where each week we look at our work You know, it's not just a side issue. It's an important part of who we are. It's not the only defining thing about us, our work, but it certainly consumes enough time that it ought to be something meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. If you're just putting in your time for a paycheck, you know it's draining you. I talk to people every week who are related, they're listing the health challenges they're having that they know are directly related to being in the wrong work. Let me tell you, life is too short. You can't afford that. You can't afford heart attacks, migraines, and worse, just because you're in work that is not a good fit. Let's look at some ideas for how we can make some changes, how we can make better decisions, how we can attract good things into our lives. You know, this is Thanksgiving week as I'm recording this. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I made a goal to this week, do nothing but give thanks not criticize condemn and complain had a situation just a few minutes ago just outside my window here at the sanctuary there's a group of ladies down here who are in their art class as usual and somebody's visiting because a holiday week who has three little boys and two of those little boys were right outside my window here at the waterfall pushing big rocks down into the water (laughs) which essentially destroys the waterfall as i have it built so i went out and i thought now got to be thankful i can't criticize condemn or complain how am i going to handle this this is thanksgiving week i made a commitment to myself not to criticize condemn or complain so i talked to him and i says you know what when you're doing that it's going to destroy it so we can't enjoy it you can't enjoy it let's not do that now i was pretty firm but i hope it didn't come across as criticizing condemning or complaining their mama showed up a lady who i don't know but she's the one that's visiting here so she showed up she was mortified not a big deal but it made me think, you Now I don't need to just go out there and just criticize, just jump down these little guy's throat. No, I need to commend them on their ingenuity, but somehow put a stop to what they're doing. Well, I hope you're having a great week. We're going to look at some of our work habits, even as we are in Thanksgiving week. I want to share some things that are specifically for Thanksgiving. Got a quotation I want to start with today. This comes from E.J. Conrad, who said, one distinguishing mark of an unregenerate man is ingratitude. So this is a wonderful week to be grateful. Gratefulness oftentimes helps people walk out of challenging situations. When they see the things that are wrong, if you just simply identify the things that are right, things for which you can be grateful, can begin that process, turn the corner and walk you back into greatness. Here are some of the questions that I'll be covering today. Dan, how can I teach my kids to be more entrepreneurial? Should I be worried about the election results? Is there a way to make myself act on my dreams? How can I keep people from stealing my art? Dan, I have more dreams and ambition than I do time and resources. Well, great questions as always. We're going to jump right into those. I want to just remind you about some of the upcoming things. We just this week put up information about our events for 2013 here at the sanctuary i hope you'll check those out it is the most delightful way for us to meet new people make new friends of anything that we do is having people come right here to the sanctuary as you know i work out of a converted barn in the back side of our property here in franklin tennessee we were able to purchase the property that joins ours but has its own access out to the road Next to ours, we removed the old trailer that people lived in, remodeled the barn, and have a delightful place to out here away from concrete and asphalt to hang out, spend a couple days of just sharing ideas together and growing. Now, we're going to have our Coaching with Excellence event. As usual, if you're interested in coaching, building that, whether you want to be a career coach, life coach, spiritual coach, parenting coach, sports coach, nutrition coach, whatever it happens to be, we'll show you how to build that, how to take that foundation So if you're the kind of person that already is having people say, hey, I want your advice and opinion on this. You may recognize that you've been doing coaching for many years. You just didn't know how to frame it. Well, if you want to frame it into something meaningful and profitable, join us for that. That's always a lot of fun. We've got some other programs as well that we've built in, our coaching mastery program. You can check all those out under live events at the 48days.com site. Now we also added an event we removed one and added one. We're already getting people wringing their hands because we removed the right to the bank event that we've done for the last four years. Right to the bank, W-R-I-T-E, a play on words there, but helping writers, people who want to write, leverage that area of intellectual expertise into ways that really do create significant income. And you know, I've been pretty fortunate with things that have happened with 48 Days to the Work You Love. No More Mondays rudder of the Day, and now the new book, Wisdom Meets Passion, and certainly a lot of other writing things that have created significant income for me over the last few years. And I go through how to do that. Well, here's the deal. Writers struggle with, now that I have this intellectual property in some form or fashion, how do I take that to the market, really create an audience and build significant income? And we found that we were having, in our writers' conferences, These imposters coming in called musicians, speakers, poets, actors, dancers, artists, and others. Well, I kid because certainly they're not imposters. They have the same kind of thing. They have a creative idea and they're trying to figure out how to put legs in that. Because of that, we're just reshaping that event. Yes, it's going to have some of the same components, but we're reshaping some of that event so that we welcome artists, musicians, poets, actors along with authors and other creatives so we're going to have fun going through that we've reshaped it though um got some exciting new speakers michael hyatt who you probably recognize as former ceo of thomas nelson certainly a a well-respected author writer blogger speaker in his own right he's going to be here i'm excited about that chad jeffers who is lead guitarist with Carrie underwood right now he's on the road if we can arrange his schedule he's going to be here Dorsey McHugh, who is the artist who conducts the art classes here, internationally recognized artist. My wife, Joanne Meller, she's going to be sharing on how to release your creativity. So it's going to be a blast. But check it out. I'm I'm so excited about the Innovate logo that we created. That was one of those 3 a.m. brainstorms that I had. I woke up. I thought, oh my gosh, we can create a logo where we combine Innovate, I-N-N-O-V, and then the A-T are actually the 48 days, 48 from our logo. So we put a little subtle leg on the left-hand side of the four to make you recognize it can be an A as well. But just go check it out, Innovate. Go to live events, 48days.com, drop down, see the new events. But Innovate is filling up quickly. We just announced it on Monday. This is Wednesday as I'm speaking, and in the two days, we are filling up quickly with that. we have to limit those events to 48 people. That's going to be a hot number for sure, but check out Innovate and the Coaching with Excellence. Join us here for a couple days of phenomenal activity to boost your own success. Well, Steve from Austin, Texas says, just wanted to thank you. Now, each week I usually start off with some kind of a success story. and I thought this fit. I, I thought this was a cool thing, and I wanted to share it with you. So Steve, again from Austin, just wanted to thank you for answering my question about Taco Bell. He asked in a recent podcast, ask, if I'm into health, what do I get when I go to Taco Bell? I talk about going to Taco Bell regularly with my granddaughter, Claire. It's a weekly outing for us. Yes, I do. And I talked about the things that I get from the menu that fit in my no wheat kind of diet. Anyway, I received a text message from one of my sons telling me he heard it on the show. I'm not sure if I was more excited that you answered it or that my son was listening to you. Now, Steve says, I have six sons ages 19 to 31. Man, how cool. I have six sons. Can I get your basketball team with a couple of spare players last christmas steve says i invited all of them to meet as a group once a month for the next year to discuss how to have a successful life they all agreed as a father you can imagine my joy to be able to do this we have studied seven habits andy andrews the traveler's gift love and respect mike hyatt's platform and listen to podcast and we've challenged ourselves to live life intentionally I wish I was as eloquent as you in being able to inspire them. Glad your podcast and books are available as resources. Well, Steve, I don't think you have to be much more eloquent than to do what you're doing. Just be the leader in getting together and brainstorming with your six sons. What an amazing thing to do. I mean, I'm sure that some of them have wives and kids, but to just get the sons together, I think that is an awesome Kind of thing to do congratulations on doing that now i want to play an audio from another dad who is concerned about what he should be teaching his son let's listen to this and then i want to open this up a little bit because of a recent um opportunity that i had
0: hey dan this is dave in raleigh north carolina uh first of all i look forward to your show every single week thanks for doing it second um i've been thinking a lot about the last election and the topic of jobs kept coming up over and over and over, and uh, the unemployment rate, and which candidate was going to provide the jobs, and it really started to—it um, started to bother me. I'm a dad of a of a five-year-old boy, and um, I don't want him to grow up in a world where he has to constantly think where his next job is going to come from. I want him to have a more entrepreneurial mind, um, and I want to teach him how to be. Uh, be a person that can provide his own living and think in that way. Now, I never grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I grew up in a family where we always work for other people. I work for someone else, and um, so does the rest of my family. So I don't, I don't feel like I have that spark in me, but I want to teach him how to be more entrepreneurial so he can provide for himself. Can you give me some tips on how to do that, on the first steps in teaching my kids how to... Um, out and provide their own living uh i would appreciate any advice and again thank you uh, so much
1: well dave thanks for your question another dad concerned about mentoring his son in a proper way what a what a great opportunity i mean there's nothing that thrills me more than what i've experienced being a dad now granddad but what an amazing opportunity to help release the very best in a young person, that being our own flesh and blood. You know, what an amazing opportunity. There's nothing that compares to it. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. What do we do to make sure that our kids don't have to worry about getting jobs? Let me kind of frame it as this. After the second presidential debate, I wrote a blog. That blog was picked up by Fox News. And yesterday, I was in the middle of a coaching consultation with somebody and i got an urgent email from my publicist at thomas nelson she said fox news wanted me on live at like ten forty-five yesterday to discuss that piece that they had picked up now fortunately i had an understanding client somebody that i've known for a long time and she was totally cool with it so we just interrupted it and i turned around i got on skype and in about five minutes from then was live on fox to discuss this question now this is what this is what precipitated this in a second presidential debate that was back in october 16th the first question from the audience came from a 21 year old college student named jeremy who asked both candidates this he says what can you say to reassure me but more importantly my parents that i will be able to sufficiently support myself after i graduate Now, here's my response. Unfortunately, both candidates gave political answers to this young man playing into the idea that this student's success is somehow dependent on government policies or who's in the White House. Governor Romney promised he would continue the student loan policies, those same policies that have led to insurmountable debt for graduates and a 25% spike in tuition. He said he would make it easier to go to college a system that is turning out thousands of graduates who have few marketable skills. Now, governor Romney even mentioned that half of last year's graduates are unemployed or severely underemployed. Now adding more to this number, making it easier to go to college by getting bigger student loan debts, I would think is not reassuring. It should be terrifying to think that we're sending kids through college where they come out with this amazing quantity of debt that most of them have and not really be able to get a job anyway. That's not a reassuring process. Yeah, we're just going to make it easier for you to get in at the bottom of this funnel that dumps you out at the other end with no prospects. Well, President Obama promised Jeremy that he would increase manufacturing and factory jobs. Tahoe, I had to chuckle at that. I mean, are you serious? As a life coach, I don't encounter a whole lot of college graduates who identify working in a factory as their dream destination. Most of them want to avoid the life they've seen that their parents have had. They want to follow paths that embrace their passions, their dreams. They want to be part of a worthy cause and do something to change the world. Now, I know I mean, this political thing is... Unfortunate to watch it unfold. I know that people get elected by telling us what they're going to give us. But Jeremy needs to be reminded that circumstances will never assure him any kind of success. The economy can be robust and unemployment at zero, and it still has little to do with his success. This is very much an inner game, not determined by external factors. Now that the election is behind us, I doubt that Jeremy is feeling any more reassured. The real question is, Jeremy, why would someone want to hire you? What have you done to bring value to the table? What would you offer my company as unique value? What are your three strongest personal characteristics? What projects have you headed up in the last two years? What makes you remarkable? So here's what I would tell Jeremy, and this is what I discussed yesterday, these seven points on Fox News. Understand the need for wisdom as an addition to knowledge and information. You may have knowledge and degrees, and we put a lot of focus on that in our last few years history, and especially in our educational environment, knowledge and degrees. But you have to know that wisdom is the meaningful application of that knowledge. There are a lot of people who have a lot of book knowledge. I mean, you can win on Jeopardy or who wants to be a millionaire, but, you know, not be able to get a job at McDonald's. Wisdom is the meaningful application. What do you do beyond just having your head filled with facts? Number two, understand the changing models of work. I mean, there's thousands of people who are finding legitimate work and extraordinary income as consultants, contingency workers, independent contractors, freelancers, entrepreneurs. I mean, the old days of thinking the eight to five job with two weeks vacation medical benefits is the only viable option are over. I mean, we know, we know know we're rapidly approaching the point when only 50% of the American workforce will be employees. Now, please hear what I said there. I didn't say we're going to have 50% unemployment. We are not. I mean, unemployment is dropping as we speak. But the work model being where you have a guaranteed paycheck show up from eight to five, that model is diminishing. Companies are trying to figure out ways to get out of that constraining model ways to pay for results rather than time now again recognize how recently people have been paid for time in our culture that only started with henry ford that's just a few years ago really about 1913 when he decided he would guarantee people five dollars a day to stand there and do those boring jobs as part of an assembly line that's when we started guaranteeing income for time. Before that, I mean, it would be a ludicrous proposition as it still is. But if you came to me a hundred years ago and said, Dan, I want you to build me a wagon. We would not have agreed on $20 an hour or $35,000 a year. I mean, that would have been preposterous to think about it in that way. If you wanted me to build a wagon, you would say, I'll give you $200 when you bring me the wagon. How much time it took me is irrelevant, whether it took me 20 hours or two weeks to do that. It doesn't matter. You pay for results. Guess what? That's the only model that makes sense. You cannot build a business by guaranteeing paying people for their time. It will destroy you. Ultimately, the only thing that matters is results. So we're moving back to that. And in these new work models, contingency workers, independent contractors, temps, entrepreneurs, freelancers, that's exactly what you do. If I need to do book cover for an upcoming book, I would never work with somebody who's going to charge me $60 an hour to produce that, which that may be kind of in line for a graphic designer. I would just never do that. I don't know how competent they are. I, can, I could care less about how many degrees they have and what their education is. I want to see the work that they've done, and if I think they're a candidate, I'll say, look, here are the ideas I want incorporated. You give me a cover design that I like, that I agree on, and I'll pay you $800. It's going to be something like that. Again, the time that they put into it is not relevant from my end. I simply want to pay for the results. Well, let me, let me go on. Number three in my list of what I would tell Jeremy to assure himself that he'll be able to make a living when he graduates from college. Make your life international. Meet new friends. Seek to understand those with different cultural experiences, different customs, and different faiths. I mean, The world really is flat at this point. And the more that you can understand those who are outside of just your small geographical area, the more strength you're going to have in identifying your best opportunities. Number four, understand the power of relationships. I mean, when we, when uh, Jared and I wrote this book, Wisdom Meets Passion, we Jared designed an Ubuntu medallion. It's a beautiful medallion it has the Ubuntu tree on one side and. Map of Africa on the other a hole in the center like coins in Africa do string through that specially designed to wear it around your neck medallion. Well, the concept being Ubuntu, and that's an African concept that really means we're in this together uh, where, where we become they where where they become we, you know, we're, we're in this together. This is we can accomplish more by working together than what we can do individually. Understand that principle to serve you well. Number five, serve those around you. Don't wait till you graduate. If you want more money, just figure out how to serve more people. I mean, that's all you have to do. That's an easy way to make money. Figure out how to serve more people. You make more money not by being a hardline negotiator for somebody in a job. Just figure out how to serve more people. Opportunities will explode all around you. Number six, have a pleasing personality. Be generous with your resources. Keep your word. Smile easily. Listen well. Honor the uniqueness of each each person you meet. That'll do more to open your opportunities than adding an MA or a PhD behind your name. Number seven, know your gifts and talents. What is it that makes you remarkable? Don't rely on degrees alone to open doors of opportunity. Yes, Jeremy, follow these seven steps. And I can reassure you and your parents with confidence that you will be well able to support yourself sufficiently after you graduate. If you follow those seven steps, you can be assured you'll be able to follow your passion, create extraordinary income, and make the world a better place. Hoping the economy gets better will have little impact on assuring your success. Making yourself better will guarantee your success. Now, this is kind of my closing statement here. The unemployment figures, the economy, or frankly, who is in the White House, are all small factors compared to being a person people know love and trust with that i'll be one of many organizations wanting you on our team well let me go on from there you know what I'll, I'll go ahead and put those seven characteristics in the show notes for today i don't have them there but i'll go back and put them in before this is posted so you can check the podcast notes under 48days.com podcast and see those seven factors that i identified there well michael from ab ab drumheller ab you know i don't even know where ab is i'll have to check that out sorry i'm short on my geography knowledge here i have two unique questions well speaking of knowledge yeah do i need to fill my facts with what the capital of utah is hey i can get that in google in three seconds you know there's some things that you don't need to fill your brain with you can get the information quickly but i do need to check out where ab is Anyway, Michael says, I have two questions. I have a lot going on with kids not sleeping, learning a new job in the oil fields, and trying to do my own thing on the side. I'm exhausted, and I veg out a lot. I feel like Superman with kryptonite around my neck. Is there a way to be Superman, even if only for a few months? How there is. Second question, I finally got a Saturday to catch up on a lot of things and found myself lazy and almost brain dead. Is there a way to make myself move on my side work, my dreams on demand? Well, being exhausted physically is a challenge. I mean, it really is. I mean, we all look for a little margin in our lives. And if you're working 60 hours a week, And then you have kids and other responsibilities. Yeah, it can really zap your creative energy. Granted, I'll be the first to admit that. If I find myself overloaded, even with just coaching or writing the things that I love doing, it still is exhausting. And I need to give myself time to recharge, to re-energize. So there's nothing like sleep when your body is telling you that's what you need. So you have to find where that margin is now what I would encourage you to do especially as we're approaching a new year here is to do what I call zero based time budget I And mean, if you if you've done anything with my buddy dave ramsey on the financial end You know that dave wants you to decide how you're going to invest your money in advance Not just look at where it went after the fact But to look at it at in, in advance. So if you have 168 dollars Decide in advance how you're going to invest that next week Well, guess what? We also have another quantity that happens to be 168. That's the hours in a week. So you're going to have 168 hours next week. Decide in advance how you're going to invest that time. So if you're going to work eight hours a day, boom, you got that. You take that out. If you're going to sleep eight hours a night, you take that out. You just reduce the number by those obvious things that you are committed to and then use the discretionary time. But what that usually does is show people we really do have a lot of discretionary time. I mean, if you work eight hours a day, sleep eight hours a night, you still have a lot of time left over that is discretionary time. So it may be that that's just kind of slipping through your fingers or you're just piddling that away by watching late night TV or too much sports on the weekend or whatever. If you can capture eight to 10 hours a week out of that 168, you can make dramatic turns in the future that you're creating. Be confident that you can do that. So be very intentional about how you're using your time. That's the first thing that I would say. As regards your second question, you finally had a Saturday, but then you were, found yourself being lazy and brain dead. Well, maybe your body's telling you you just need to rest. There's no question about that. But again, if you have a dream that is pretty well defined and you know where you want to be 30 days from now, 90 days from now, then your energy ought to drive you to that. You ought to find yourself gravitating to that as the one thing you really do want to spend time in. And I find that if people have a dream that is becoming well-defined time spent developing that just flies by. It's like, wow, four hours go by and it's like a blink of the eye because you're engaged in something that you really enjoy. So if you are spending those eight to 10 hours, in developing what your dream is going to look like. You have a clear sense of where you want to be 90 days from now. That's going to be a lot different than where you are now. You ought to find yourself gravitating to that. If a dream is not pulling you toward it, then it's not really a dream. So by definition alone, you ought to find that you're gravitating to that any spare minute that you have, and it ought to precede things like just watching TV or just piddling time away where you consider that your brain dead. Dan from Texas says, Dan, thanks for all the work you do. I've benefited from it greatly. Now, Dan has an interesting question here based on what he's doing now. He says, I work in the ropes course team building field. I've been working a part-time job as the local community college ropes course manager. The position isn't a good fit for me, so I'm thinking of starting my own team building company, serving groups in the area. I've made some great connections working at the college, but I don't want to appear, and I don't want to appear as if I'm stealing their business. I believe I can create a particular niche with bringing team building programming to you rather than having you to come to the college thoughts on making that transition, but not souring the relationship with the college. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you've been listening to me for any length of time at all, you know that I look for the old Stephen Covey principle. How can we find an and solution rather than an either or, and that's exactly what I would do in this situation. Look for and solutions. I would tell the college exactly what you want to do, that there are some situations where it's more economical, more efficient in whatever way to do the training, team building training program on site with the company rather than them having to come to the college. So it's just an additional option. Work out a way for that, so so that's a win-win. If it's totally outside what the college is doing, they just recognize you're doing that on your own, I think that would be ideal. But then tell them also that in your own marketing efforts, you're going to identify companies that really do need to come to the college for what they offer there. So it would be an additional marketing resource for them. I would approach it in that way, so it's not an elimination of one and stepping on the toes of one, but that it is an and solution, so you can do both. That's exactly the way that I would approach it if I were in your shoes. I think it's cool to have the opportunity to have a more sophisticated facility if, in fact, you're able to sell that program to a company that you're talking with. I used to do a lot of leadership training in companies. I'm not the kind of guy to take people out on a ropes course and tell them to close their eyes and fall backward and have their friends catch them. I just don't do that kind of stuff well. I'm too, I'm too stinking cerebral for that. I mean, there are people who do that really well. But when I was doing that, I had some people who did those kind of things really well. They had a magnificent indoor training facility down at the Saturn plant just south of here. And I would just refer lots of companies down there. You want a ropes training course? Boom. Here's a guy that'll do that really well. You know, here's somebody that can walk you through that. It's not going to be me, but here's a, a great program and a facility. So I would I had the benefit of referring people to that. And that's exactly what i would encourage you to do well hey let me let me inject here a little music just to uh, give us a little break but this is a common theme and we know this song really really well monday monday can't trust that day monday monday Well, an old familiar theme there from the mamas and the papas back in the day. Hey, I know that's not true with you at this point. You're de- figuring out what it is you enjoy to do. So Monday mornings just as appealing as Friday morning. Hey, I know we all need a break, no question about it. And work is part of a balanced life. But the work that we do ought to be meaningful, productive, fulfilling in every way so that we don't dread it. You know, there's a little, there's a, there's a funny little thing I read just recently, and I'm going to, I'll use it as, as a humor piece in an upcoming newsletter, I'm sure. But it, it, this little kid now understand dyslexia. I mean, my, I had one child who had dyslexia, which means they reverse letters a lot. So this little kid wrote, you know, what is, what his dad has for breakfast every morning. He has a cup of tea and a slice of dread. Obviously with the D being reversed, so instead of a slice of bread, it was a slice of dread. Oh my gosh, how poignant is that? His dad has a slice of dread every morning before he goes to work. Well, I hope you're not having a slice of dread. I hope that you're having a, a cup of optimism before you go into work in anticipation of being able to do work that you really do love. Well, Eric says, now this comes from Wichita, Kansas. Dan, I've heard you say that people should not worry about someone else stealing their ideas to just get things out, start going with your projects. Does this apply to art as well? I have my art online. Oh, at, at exit27b.com. Was wondering, should I worry about people using my work without my permission? Right now, I'm not worrying about it, thinking that it's best just to have it online for the world to see. Also, do you think that adding a blog to the bottom of my front page would be a wise thing and help my traffic rate? Thanks for your time. Eric, I apologize. I did not have time to go look at your art. But in terms of people stealing it, for one thing, that's a tremendous compliment if people steal it. Now, I'm not sure what in what usage they would be stealing it. I mean, if you want to have your art available for people to use on their websites and in their blogs and all that, then just align yourself with an organization like iStock Photo. I mean, that's where I purchase a lot of them. There are a lot of these online sites where they have stock photography there. And you pay, I mean, I pay for the use of any single image. And you get part of that compensation. So certainly you can do that. I mean, beyond that, don't worry about it. I mean, if you start trying to protect your art and you have it online in any form, you'll drive yourself nuts. You'll you'll spend way too much time and negative energy trying to stop people from using what you've created. Do I ever have somebody steal a phrase of mine or a literal blog of mine or my newsletter and claim it as their own over and over and over? I have people send me things all the time. Daniel, I want you to read this blog. It, you know, it really sounds like the way you think. And I read it and yeah, it's the way I think because I wrote every single word there and now somebody else took it. Do we chase those people? No, not a chance. Uh, it's just not worth the negative energy. It's just not worth doing that. I have products that are sent to us. I we, we have a product in here and I use it as just an example in one of the, well, in the coaching with excellence seminar that we do. As an example, we have a, a, a DVD where it's in a little Amory case, and it's called Diamonds from Dan. It's got a really nice cover. It shows me on the front. It's got the orange from 48 Days to the Work You Love, and it's a DVD, and it's a compilation of some of the DVD training that I did with the 48 Days to the Work You Love seminar, So somebody has that DVD, they lifted parts of it, created another CD, and they created Diamonds from Dan, where it's me teaching on a variety of subjects. It's really pretty well done. It's available on the internet as Diamonds from Dan. Now, we ordered some. There's no ISBN on there. There's no record of where it comes from. It's really anonymous, but it's out there. And they are selling that. It's totally a bootlegged product violation of everything known to man. (laughs) Am I going to spend time trying to track down that person? Not a chance. Now here's what happens. We hear from people who say, oh, I got the diamonds from Dan. I had a question about this. You know, what resource do you have that would help me in this particular area? And we walk them right into other products that we have and into our 48 Days community. We don't even try to clarify with them that was a bootleg product that you got You need to go back and sue the person you bought. Not a chance. It just is what it is. Now, I'm very, very liberal in that regard. There are a whole lot of people, authors, artists, musicians, who are a whole lot more paranoid about protecting their material than what I am. I know that. I just believe in the principle of the law of the harvest. I just truly believe that if you give it, it'll come back to you magnified and running over just as the Bible promises. So I just don't worry about that. Now, Eric, as regard to your question and concerning your art, would it help you in creating your own reputation if you added a blog to that? Again, without even seeing your site, I would say absolutely unequivocally, yes, it would. I mean, a blog, if you do art and you have it on there, it really is a pretty stagnant kind of presentation. Not very Google sensitive, but I don't mean there's anything wrong with your art at all. I just mean people viewing that don't have a lot of reason to go there if you just have art there. But if you do a blog, a blog is instantly very highly Google sensitive and it'll show up. If you have art there, that you had there for six months and you've had no visitors. And then you do a blog today with no new art at all. Then you do a Google search tomorrow morning. It's going to instantly show up that you did a blog. Yeah, I highly recommend that a blog is a great way to get in the game, to start building your own unique, audience and enhancing your own reputation, So I very much do encourage you to do that. Now this question comes from this comes from Brian in Detroit, Michigan, who says, Dan, I'm a 20 year old college student attending a small school outside of Detroit. I come from a long line of small business owners and self-taught men and have dreams of someday owning my own brand and company. I'm currently working a peer mentoring job at my school working at my father's hardware store and this summer started my own small automotive detailing business and I've had a lot of success in all of these considering my age and lack of experience. However, I feel like I have more dreams and ambition than I do time and resources and I'm wondering how I should best focus this enthusiasm and what steps I could take to best prepare myself for a future in entrepreneurship. Your wisdom would be very much appreciated man i love your quest i love your thinking brian love the way your mind works 20 year old to be doing the kind of things that you're doing you are well on the path now let me just frame this a little bit as an entrepreneur you are going to continue if you really are an entrepreneur you're going to always have more dreams and ambition than you have time and resources I mean, Joanne laughs at me at this stage in my life because of all the ideas I talk about that I'm going to develop because she knows there is no way in the world. There's time enough in the week, month, or year to do all the things that I want to do. I'm constantly weeding out good ideas that I would love developing. So just get used to the idea. You're always going to have more dreams and ambition. I mean, I love that phrasing, more dreams and ambition than you do time and resources. That's going to always be true. The other thing is you are now doing, you identify a peer mentoring job at your school, working at your father's hardware store, starting your own small automotive detailing business. You're probably always going to have multiple things in the air at the same time as well. Yes, there is power in focus. Now, the way I handle this is to create an umbrella so that under that all the activities connect with each other in some way let me give you an example i write books that's a really core component of what i do but i also speak on the same topics so when i speak do you think that maybe that drives sales of my books absolutely not only do i have books but then i take portions of the ideas in my books and create other kind of products an audio product a dvd we do a seminar a workshop i mean all of those things create new products when we sell those products it also cross promotes for all the other things that we're doing it sends people to 48days.net where people get involved in that community and then they share other ideas and then they're in a group whereby it's really easy for me to promote upcoming events cruises all the other kind of things that we do we have live events. You've already heard me talk about some of those. The Innovate Conference we've got coming up in March. The Coaching with Excellence we've got coming up in January. I mean, the things that we do here, The now we, we make a lot of money at those events. I mean, you could do the math on that. It's no secret to anybody. I mean, those are big income generators. But at the same time, when people are here, do they then purchase more products? Absolutely, every single time. Do they hear about new book projects that I got coming up? Absolutely. Activity in any area promotes activity in the other areas. Now, here's what this would look like. If you have an automotive detailing business, you could also purchase and resell a couple cars that you have on the side. You could offer another kind of service. You could offer an oil change service. You could start building the things where your same customers could go deep with you as somebody who's supplying their needs. And what I would caution you against are businesses that are not related. So here, you're doing this, you know, you're know, you working at your dad's hardware store, boom, it comes to be five o'clock, you switch gears, you change hats, and now you're going to go do automotive detailing. Or then you're going to go do, you know, tomorrow morning from 8 to 12, you're going to be working in the job that you have through your peer mentoring program at school. I mean, right now, don't worry too much about that. But as you mature as an entrepreneur, develop things that give you a place to put in gear a lot of your ideas for sure, but where activity in any one fuels activity in the other. That's how you can really expand on your ideas. You know, as as you were, as I was reading through that and thinking about that, I mean, I love young people with big dreams. No question about it. You know, this being Thanksgiving week, let me let me pull up a clip here, familiar clip. Listen to this. Then I want to introduce you to a couple other things.
0: We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now yeah. because I've been to the mountaintop. Yeah. Get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land.
1: Well, I hope you have that kind of clarity with your dream, Brian. You know, it just gives me goosebumps. Goosebumps—that's a combination between bumps and pimples. Apparently, goose bumps. When I hear that, you know, every time, you know, somebody with that kind of passion about what the dream is that they want to accomplish. We all can do that. We can have that same kind of passion for what it is that we want our lives to accomplish. But we are in in a wonderful time of the year to be defining what we want 2013 to look like. What is the dream that you want to bring to life? What is it that you were put here on earth to accomplish? I heard Bono the other day. I got just a snippet of a presentation that he did at Georgetown University And it was just stunning, the things that he was talking about. One of the things that was really cool that I really appreciated as an entrepreneur is that as somebody who's really interested in social justice, he recognizes that just giving to people, just aid cripples the people. It makes them poor. It disables them from being able to live out any dreams that they may have. Entrepreneurial capitalism he says, is the way to equip people and help them break the bonds of poverty. Entrepreneurial capitalism. Anyway, I pulled up the entire thing. Joanna and I watched it on Sunday morning. I passed it around to all our kids and other people. But I was just, I I was blown away. Now, well, not blown away, not surprised because Bono has that history of bringing those kind of things to the table. But I was once again inspired by his dream, changing the world in big, big ways and doing it through engaging the talents that God has given each of us to make a difference. Well, one of the things we're going to be doing that I'm excited about as time gets closer is the wisdom meets passion cruise. You know, this is one of those times it's a unique experience. I mean, we can learn by reading a book, going to a workshop or seminar. There's a lot of environments in which we can learn. You can be mentored by somebody, take a trip somewhere, but being on a cruise is kind of a one of a kind of experience. Joanne and I love them. That's why we just make it open to friends of ours to join us. But the Wisdom Meets Passion cruise, we're going to be leaving from Miami, going down to San Juan, Puerto Rico, a city that is rich in history. We love the tour. There's a lot of connection with American history down there and seeing how businesses develop there on that little island. Some really exciting kind of stories. So we go to Puerto Rico and then on down to St. Thomas, St. John's, Then we turn around, come back. We're going to have three full days at sea on the brand new ship, celebrity ship, Reflection. Uh, It's maiden voyage, I think, is this month, but it will only have been out a few times before we get on it. So it's a brand new ship, and it's going to be spectacular. So the Wisdom Meets Passion cruise, again, um, I mean, this is not a big moneymaker. It is not in that category. This is something we do just to connect with people in, an, in a unique and innovative way. It's going to be a memorable experience. Pierce Mars is going to be talking about how to understand our personality and maximize our skill in that area. Uh, Joanne is going to be sharing about creativity. Dorsey McHugh, the artist, is going to be with us on that cruise as well. Rory Vaden and his wife Amanda are going to be with us. Roy's a young guy, 30 years old, who wrote the book, Take the Stairs. He is an amazing young guy who recognizes The opportunity that he has as an entrepreneur just to make things happen, and he makes it happen, and his book shares those principles, but he's going to be sharing with us an inspiring message, but I encourage you, check that out. The Wisdom Meets Passion Cruise. We are going to have a blast. If you want a memorable time right at the beginning of the year, we're going to do it right during the week of Valentine's Day, so we'll be doing some things that kind of tie in with Valentine's Day as well but what a great way to start the year to be energized, you know, invest in yourself. I mean, that's what it is. Invest in yourself to give yourself the kind of kickstart for the year that you want to have. Well, Hey, it's been a delight being with you as always. Thanks for being part of this growing community. Check out not only events, check out the growing community at 48days.net. We'll probably hit this week. It looks like we're going to hit 12,000 members. Those are 12,000 people who are not content with mediocrity, but who are doing things to share ideas, share resources, and together to find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive, and profitable. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving week as you plan for the coming year.